Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do 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 do. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. <laughs> I like he sounded like he's been air dropped in. <laughs> the boyhood dream has come true. All of you, to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Rock Review, as the other Cultaholic lads are getting set, getting their travel booked, their stupidly expensive trains for Clash at the Castle. We are here via our Ico Pro powered DeLorean back in 1996, where uh, less Clash and less Castle. It's all about the Arrowhead Pond. Is it the Arrowhead Pond for 12? Yeah. I think it is, isn't it? Fuck it. <laughs> yes! This is what you come to expect from the Goldenholic Classic Raw Review. And who be we in this said DeLorean? I'd be uh, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion, and, jo- and fake Geordie, Tom Campbell. I've done it completely in the wrong order there, just to keep you guessing. I am with the mulligan to my O'Hare, now back socially undistanced from me, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando from Cultaholic.com. It's Jackins. Jackins, hello. Hello. Look at you back in living colour. Yeah. Not, not the band. Oh, I'd be getting those sweet, sweet Sam Punk royalty checks. Of all them, wouldn't you? So you've had, you've been working from home for three weeks. Three weeks. You're like Brock Lesnar in this office at the moment. (laughs) You just turn up every so often. Honestly, I'm I'm in for four weeks, I had a look, and then I'm I'm away for another three. (laughs) Uh, So, wow. What what was some of your highlights from working from home? Um, Not having to wear a top. Yeah, that's true. You got the trousers on here. <laughs> While it was warm, I was just in my undies every day. Um, that's it. We did that one. <laughs> we did the one Zoom show where I just remember sweating. Yes, profusely. I'm quite warm in here. Actually, it is know? quite warm. Do you want to turn that? Um, so, if you can, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching on the Patreon, I've just asked Jackins very kindly to stand up and turn the air conditioning on because it's just, it's just hot everywhere at the moment, isn't it? Do you find that I'm just always it's hot? Just, it's just muggy, isn't it? It's muggy. it's muggy. It's close. Oh, it's close here in the UK. It's close. It's a bit clammy. It's a bit clammington. Uh, do you miss uh, seeing Louis walking around in his hilarious watermelon <coughs> net device? A little bit, yeah. We we took it off him for, I think, a day. We thought, right, his, his back feels like it's scabby now. It's not going to reopen. 
took it off because, it, yeah, it's horrible. Washed the thing and he reopened the wound, so he's back in it for f- until further notice. Oh, so. Louis. Silly bastard. Bless his little face. Yeah. Uh, everything else all right with the cats? Everything's... Right. I feel bad I never mentioned Poppy. Yeah, because but Poppy's the, Poppy's the favourite. Oh, no. Yeah. She's now favourites. We, we've... Uh, they hear them. I know, but... Sean and I have had frank discussions. We said... We're, we're, Frank shouldn't be here. Uh, we, we've both, Sorry, I've just been here for a while. Just now. like, God damn, Frank, will you leave? There's not enough room for you. <laughs> you're not welcome. <laughs> Frankly, you're not even liked. Um, we've said obviously we we plan on staying together, you know, for as long as possible. Aww. But we have both said if we ever do split up, that Poppy's coming with me. Oh, poor this, Louis! Uh, like the last one to get picked at football. It's not even that. <laughs> I love them both equally. But I get on better with Poppy. We've just got a little. We, we've we've got that bond, like the way you say Pablo's. Mm, Alex, and Alex boy. yeah, yeah. I think if we ever broke up, I think Pablo would just go with Alex. I yeah. don't think there'd be. Any, I, I think that Alex would miss Pablo too much, and my heart would just have to deal with it because even if he stayed with me, he would miss Alex. Yeah. So they just have to go together. Yeah. They'd have to. It's the same with us. Like Poppy's always very happy to see Sean, mm. but she's overjoyed to see me so. but, uh, yeah how, how how are you feel, feeling got Ooh. a very busy weekend coming up soon with clash at the castle well, that's I, exciting isn't it I, well i saw you say on the cultaholic news feed anyone in cultaholic who's got time booked off has to cancel it yes because they announced an nxt takeover special that same weekend as well i've got time booked off and i'm not Get fucking canceling it. you are canceling we no. need everyone no all hands to the pumps no for the rest of it. Going on all day on the 5th. So, oh, <laughs> so unbelievably selfish of you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to find, of course, legal ways of um, <laughs> downloading as much wrestling as I can to my tablet and watching it on the plane. Uh, so. Well, most planes have Wi-Fi these days. I'd hope so. I would have th- yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be yeah. fine. Now, I'm excited for Clash because it's kind of the last weekend of work before I go on my holiday. <laughs> Because yeah. then I'm on holiday for hey. So that's exciting. So it's all eyes on there. Alex and I both looked at each other the other day as we're sort of, you know, going through some stuff for holidays. And we went, we, we fucked this losing weight thing, did we? <laughs> I said, yes, we completely did. We both planned to go to the Maldives in like the best shapes of our lives. In the, in the gorgeous sunshine. And we over the weekend, we just went... We've, we've not done very well. <laughs> I said, no, no, life's come at us in different ways, shapes and forms. And we're just, we're just, I'm just excited to go away now. Yeah. Alex has got her wardrobe sorted. She looks amazing. She's got some wonderful uh, dresses and nice floaty things to wear. I am planning a mad rash rush to probably next in about two weeks time to, to go and take all the shorts off the, off the shelf. <laughs> and that'll be my clothes shopping done for the holiday. Very nice. That's, that's pretty much how I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. We, um, we had our, we had, and you, if you watch on the Twitch, by the way, we've had a busy week since like, we last caught up because uh, my nephew came to stay with us. Mm. Lovely little lad by the name of Noah. He's seven years old. Noah. Uh, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fan of, he's a very stringent fan of Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so I literally went from that to watch Ric Flair's last match with Adam on the Sunday. How, how was it? Oh. The undercard looked amazing. The undercard was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, really, like, like, Little flicks of the whole indie scene. Yeah. Really nice. Really nice show. Ric Flair's last match was uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Um, and and, and then this is not me throwing hilarious shade at the nature boy. He didn't look right. 
Because like, no. th- he joked in the run-up to it, oh, I've been drinking every night to get ready for the for, for Sunday. And he looked like he'd had a few on board. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the nerves, I don't know. But he just he just didn't, like... You watch Ric Flair's walkout. And I know it's different because the production's different and all that jazz. But you watch Ric Flair's walkout at... Uh, his in his career threatening match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Yeah. And it just feels epic. He's emotional, but like you can see him turn it on. And then you watch the walkout of Ric Flair's last match where like he's kind of got this world title belt on, but it kind of falls off him and he has to hand it to somebody as he walks down the ramp. And you can just tell he's a bit stumbly and he's wearing yeah. a t-shirt. Uh, still like a well, like a, a t-shirt that's in keeping with like Ric Flair's design, like it's studded and stuff. But it just, oh, and then, like, as the match wore on, like, he looked, he looked paggered. Yeah. <laughs> he looked paggered. And by the end of the match, I think, I think even a report has come out that said that he passed out near the end of his match. Uh, and there's a bit like where Andrade's holding his head after the pinfall. Yeah. And he looks like he's asleep. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, no. Undertaker watching at ringside, just kind of stoic. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen images. I've seen, obviously, Taker and Foley at ringside and Charlotte's there. It was, Weird seeing the Jim Crockett Promotions logo on mm. the side of the ring, and it looked like a decent house as well. Yeah, it did really well. Like yeah. it drew, it, it looked like the venue and the arrangement looked great. Like it really, I love the aesthetic with like yeah. the, with the interview bit off to the side. Like I love the aesthetic. It felt like they were rolling back the years. And Bret Hart randomly turned up as well. That was weird because I think we we'd seen like three or four segments with Frank the Clown, and then in the main, after the main event, you just see Bret Hart's head pop up into view, like Bret Hart was there <laughs> why did we talk to Bret Hart yeah I, I like <laughs> with Undertaker and Mick Foley yeah I like the fact it's like oh who's who's here for Ric Flair's last match oh Ric Flair's best mates Mick Foley and Bret Hart <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Goldberg was near there as well <laughs> yeah. there was a the hilarious bit with Undertaker and Mick Foley sat together and they're kind of I think it was Undertaker that was doing like the motion of like oh, throwing like, th- like a throwing motion yeah like they just go hey oh, hey Mick hey remember when I did uh, 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 like two lads in the pub uh, having a bit of a banter hey Last hey. time I locked you <laughs> off the cell. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I did. I was. I saw some pictures from. I don't know if it was from Starcast before as well. It was nice to see the Horsemen together. Did you see that one? Yeah, that was lovely. Because I, I thought that Arn and Flair weren't really talking. And I think they probably put it aside for yeah. money yeah. Uh, <laughs> and friendship, but. You know, yeah. Fleetwood Mac did the same. And I was just glad to see Barry Windham there as well. because Big Barry. Yeah, because he's, he's reportedly not been in the best of health, has he? No, Barry's been a bit poorly. So it's nice to see a few of them popping out. And uh, I'm glad. I don't want to see any more Ric Flair matches, though. I no. don't want to see any more. He did. No. I, you know, I hope he feels better for doing what he did. And uh, I hope he's kind of gone out on his own terms. Yeah. And now now go go now. <laughs> well, didn't Conrad gave him, gave him the proper... But Goldie as well, didn't he? Did he actually give it him as a according to Aidan Gibbons? Mm. Yeah. As a, like a, as a sort of retirement gift, yeah, like giving somebody a watch, yeah, have a big gold belt, but like the the actual one, yeah, because he's he's a notorious belt collector, isn't he? He is. Which yeah. I was saying, how do you get into those circles? Does someone just ring you up saying, oh, does anyone need a? Uh, do you know anyone who's in need of a Western States Heritage title at all? Four grand, and he's oh. like, I'll have that. Yeah. I think he's probably in a WhatsApp group with like Belt Van Dan and a few other <laughs> names. They're just like, yeah. Anybody got anything? He's knocking around. Or they said like memes of each other with belts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just la- larking a belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you make, you know, it's like you collecting coats. 
Just yeah. with belts. Yeah. You know, you're the coat collector of Cultaholic. Yeah, but it's easy to get hold of a coat. It's probably harder to get hold of the actual <laughs> big gold belt. The Brass Knuckles Championship of NWA Texas. Yeah. It's got Texas, mate. It's probably there. True. <laughs> uh, so anyway, look, we're talking about wrestling from 2022. You know, Ric Flair competing on a Jim Crockett promotion show. We should be talking... <laughs> We should be talking about wrestling from the past. Oh. Um, and we will. But first, dip in the mailbag. Oh, the mailbag? The mailbag. Uh, two from the mailbag this week for the Cold Dalek Classic Raw Review. If you want to send us a question, a, a thought, a concern, uh, you can do so. I'll give you the email address in a bit. Uh, first of all, uh, dear Tom and Jackins, spending four days in Bristol for a friend's wedding. I think the British Bulldog may be starting to spread his King franchise down here because he's already opened up a place called Falafel King. Just thought I'd warn you, <laughs> Fergus Jeffs. So thanks, Fergus. There is a place in Bristol called Falafel King. See... Although um, Davey Boy's name is on that as a licensee, that's, that's that foreign mucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 I mean, if it makes money, it makes money, but me, you won't catch me in that. It's no. It's like a franchise, isn't yeah. it? If you want to put King after anything, you've got to come me. Come me. Come me. You can have Falafel King, but I, I never... No, there's a thing in the contract that says, ah, British Bulldog will never eat that foreign muck. <laughs> Right, that. Up your ass, but pay me. Do let us know how Falafel King was and whether they had any recollection that the Bulldog was the original franchisee. I, I do you. love a bit of Falafel. Well, I like a Falafel yeah. as well. Uh, dear Tom and Orlando. <laughs> oh, I like that. Thank you for making my long distance commute to see my partner much easier. I upset a lady in the seat next to me when I laughed too hard at the Bulldog Burger King commercial that you guys did a while ago. <laughs> You're welcome. Making you uncomfortable on trains since 2021. Uh, my question is a boring, serious one, so apologies for that. If Shawn Michaels had been unable to compete at WrestleMania, say the Syracuse sailor beating had legitimately ended his career, what would the WWF have done? Ooh. Who could they have built the company around? Would they have just kept Brett in the hot seat fighting off challengers? Thank you for all the laughs. David Kirk in Norfolk. Norfolk and way would they carry on without Shawn Michaels? Um, you really, It's real slim pickings, isn't it? Taker. Do you reckon Taker... Make him the make him the feature attraction. Yeah, because Taker was so popular. Mm. Um, there's a little bit in the in the wrestling news later which says a bit about that. But um, I reckon, yeah, they would have no choice. You could do Brett Bulldog again, but you just have that in your house. I know that we've just had Brett Taker, but that's the only thing that could headline Mania, unless they rocket strapped fucking Ahmed. But Christ, I mean, I mean, Ahmed, I think would have been probably a guy for down the road. Mm. I think, but in terms of getting to wrestle, in terms of through WrestleMania 12, I think maybe, I think you're right with Taker. I maybe you could have kept the belt on Diesel, yeah, and had Taker beat him for the belt at Mania. Yeah. Have that feud play out the way it was meant to, with Diesel slowly turning heel, but whilst champion, and then have Taker beat him at 12, and then you kind of got a Taker run that leads into the Boiler Room Brawl with yeah. Mankind. Um, I mean, you could even, I mean. Do you think you can even put the belt on Mankind too soon? Owen? Oh. Brett Owen again? Owen's a good shout. Owen's yeah. a good shout. Maybe Diesel drops it to Owen. Ooh, I'd like that. Because, I mean, you could potentially have Diesel drop it to Owen. Mm. I feel like I'm going to hot shot it here because I don't know whether Owen is a heel and Diesel is a heel would be a thing. So maybe you go Diesel to Brett. Yeah. Then Brett to Owen. At Mania. Oh, at Mania. Oh, that'd be, that'd be a bit of a spicy thing to do, wouldn't it? Have Owen beat Brett for the title at Mania 12. Yeah. <gasps> Shoot. That'd be quite nice. Because then I'd be thinking Owen to drop it to Ahmed. Oh. 
Because if you're going to, you know, I mean, the one thing, the one mistake they made with Ahmed Johnson was like they kind of started strong with him. Yeah. But then they never really lit the fuse. Because it's 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 been a bit tepid recently. We know it's going to, oh, spoiler, it's going to get a bit <laughs> hotter again. And then it's going to, yeah, it's just, oh, 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 oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's, the, oh, oh. that's the technical term for it. You have to sing uh, the Future Heads versions of Hounds of Love <laughs> by, by upcoming artist Kate Bush. Oh, I was trying to remember what the song was, and it is indeed that. Good shout. I think Undertaker and then, so you're saying Undertaker. I'm kind of saying Undertaker, but then a bit of hot shottery yeah. to get it to Ahmed by the summer. And then, I mean, I, I, would you, if Sean's not there, would you throw money at Razor and Diesel? Or they're going, aren't they? Because mm. I don't know whether, cause whether the, all the company be all right with Adam around. Well, saying if it was, if we're going back to Syracuse, it may have been completely different because then you wouldn't have had Razor with Goldust. That's true. Do you think Goldust may have been in the top? Potentially. Mm. Potentially. Because they are pushing Goldust. Goldust would be an interesting... Because then you could have the Ahmed Goldust feud over the IC title, but you make it over the world title. It sounds daft now. (laughs) (laughs) But but maybe if you give it time and energy and resources, you could headline something with it. But then I think Ahmed Vader at SummerSlam. Well, then why are we dismissing Vader? Vader? Why are we dismissing Vader? It's Vader. Vader breath. Oh, Oh, there you go. Bottom me up. Completely dismiss Vader. Like, if if Shawn Michaels gets hurt, you literally just just set Vader to stampede mode. Yeah. And just have him charge through the... You could... Obviously, he's working hurt. So you keep everything dead simple. And, you know, do you do Brett... uh, Do you do Vader, Brett at Mania? Oh, I'd have that. Yeah? And you have Vader beat Brett? I kind of would. Oh, and then Vader's just like the guy. You could, you if you again, if you're careful with him, yeah. And you're like by making him a bit like a, you know, he only wrestles every so often, a bit like a Roman Reigns type. It keeps him special and it keeps him healthy. Because um, this would never fly because of egos and because of mania as well. Do it like how Vader debuted in New Japan, where he squashed Anoki in two minutes and caused a riot. Mania main event. Have just Vader squash breath, and I fucking love breath. But imagine that. So the first time we see Vader, yeah, is he walks to the ring for Mania main event and just obliterates Bret Hart. Yeah, oh, I quite like that. Yeah, there's something in me at the moment. I think because because Clash at the Castle's on the horizon, and we're getting Drew versus Roman. And for the longest time, I'm thinking, well, this is where Drew becomes the Universal Champion in front of the UK crowd. Big reaction, lots of love. But then there's part of me that goes, the, the the chaos part of me that goes, imagine that crowd if Roman beats Drew. Oh, it'd be like traveling to watch your team lose 4-0. But I don't know whether it would, it'd be all right. I don't know, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Drew has to win? I thought that, but if Cody Rhodes wasn't in the company, I'd yeah. say yes. But I think, I think they're going to hold off. I think. They're going to wait for Cody. Yeah. So Drew, okay. So I mean, I'm quite excited to see the reaction either way. Yeah, I think it might. I think you might just see the oxygen leave the principality. <laughs> It'd be amazing, though, wouldn't it? It would be, be amazing. So much boiled piss. Oh my god, the amount of boiled piss in that room would be oh. 
Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Classic at cultaholic.com. If you would like to send us an email, a thought, a concern, a question that we can pontificate and deliberate over, we'd love to hear from you. In a moment, Jack Atkins is going to talk us through the wrestling news. There he is. Hello. Hello. Uh, Jack Atkins <laughs> is going to talk us through the wrestling news from this bloody week in the wrestling. I'll give you a few headlines from the real world before we do that, though. Uh, number one movie in the UK this week is Nixon, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Never seen it. As the eponymous Nixon. It's, mm. uh, it's portraying, the film portrays Nixon as quite a complex, uh, deeply flawed, but an admirable character, mm. uh, despite the fact that he, in a lot of cases, wasn't much of that. Uh, now, the film actually starts with a disclaimer that says, the film is, quote, an attempt to understand the truth based on numerous public sources and on an incomplete historical record. Okay. So they kind of set out to go, we're going to try and tell the story. They try and do it a little bit as a fact-finding mission, but disguised as Andy Hopkins Op- film. Yeah. Obviously as well, because it goes to number one in the UK. Uh, number one in the US is The Birdcage. Hey. Something slightly lighter. <laughs> Your fave. Yeah, since I met... Look, look at me now. I'm short and fat. I didn't make you short. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Lane and Robin Williams at their finest. Uh, no change to either chart this week. Number one in the UK, Take That, How Deep Is Your Love? And number one in the US, Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day. <sighs> Pray tell, do you know how much longer we have to wait? Not much longer at all. Ooh. Tantalite. In fact, in fact, the Carey Killer, as we're calling it, comes out this week. Oh, hits the charts this week. The Carey Killer. Um, also in the real world this week, Nelson Mandela and his wife Winnie get divorced. Okay. Uh, they're not having a fight at WrestleMania 12. They've they've settled. They've 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 signed to sign off on the divorce and file it and divvy up money accordingly. Um, Winnie had an affair. Ah. Which is why they split up. They were together all the while Nelson Mandela was incarcerated. Yeah. And it was the freedom that pretty much finished their relationship <laughs> up, which I think would be the case in most relationships. It's like yeah. the, the sometimes the best part of <laughs> this is really trivializing the life of Nelson Mandela when I say sometimes the best part of a relationship is just being apart. If you get if you if you're under each other's feet too long, you do each other's heads in. You say you're tri- trivializing it though, but the, the term Mandela effect comes from people thinking that he'd been dead for years. And I was oh, like, that's true. And I was like I remember when I first heard that, I was like, what? No, because Nelson Mandela was clearly alive until he died. Like, <laughs> As I, we all are. That, but like, I never assumed that he'd been dead for years. I was like, well, no, it's Nelson Mandela. <laughs> He's quite an important chap. <laughs> we'd, we'd know if he died. That'd yeah. be a thing. Citizens of the UK this week were rocked by the news that humans were susceptible to mad cow disease. Oh, shit, the bad. I remember that. That's, that was one of the symptoms. That was. <laughs> But the shit was green. Uh, <laughs> it glowed. So this was a brain condition that was caused by eating infected meats. Yeah. Uh, and cows consuming meat as well, which yeah. kind of made them go a bit... This, this, this really, like, rocked the agricultural world because, like, thousands and thousands of cows had to be slaughtered for it. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a really dark day for farmers. And then... It, and this is where it gets worse because you're actually no people can die from it too it, it causes a brain condition that well, if you get it you're gone within a year apparently yeah. now obviously I don't want to scaremonger you if you think oh I'm getting memory loss and I'm seeing stars I might have mad cow disease I I don't think it's as prominent anymore. This was 26 years ago. Yeah, I think you're fine. But do, but you know, if you're not well, do get checked out. But it was like one of those things. 
in primary school. He was like, oh, what's on the menu today? He's like, pork burgers. He's like, what about beef burgers? He's like, no. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, more, no, more, no more beef for you. Oh. Just in case. And then, you know, it's still many years to go, but then we'll have the horse meat scandal. Yeah. In schools and that will yeah. take Finder's crispy pancakes off school menus everywhere. And foot and mouth disease between the two. Oh. How good are we? <laughs> How good are we at culinary stuff? We're superb. We are sublime. I don't care what the French say. <laughs> Get yourself down to <laughs> BSC King. <laughs> Beef King. Oh, don't worry. I've had them all checked. They're fine. The fact I, I interviewed them myself. I said, Are you mad? <laughs> and they said, Moo. And I thought that sounds like no. So I rubber stamped them. <laughs> I asked if he was all right. And he said, Oink. And I went, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> They look like a horse. Is a camel the same as ours? Ah, I think More so. meat in the back. Oh, I'll have one of them. Better bit of hump. <laughs> as Shakira once said, her humps are smaller and humble. Oh, so you don't confuse them with a cow. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> British bulldog running a farm. <laughs> I've got cows over there. He points at a field of donkeys. <laughs> Is that a cow? There's a lamppost, Davey. A part of the Mars bar. <laughs> Do you reckon it'll grow it to <laughs> a bigger Mars bar? <laughs> Tom goes, oh, Tom goes round and just sees, sees Davey sticking Mars bars in the ground. Oh, Mars, a dear, helps you work, Krista. Oh, no, Tom. Just getting the crop ready for next year. Well, you're at it, David. <laughs> Plant some dry roasted peanuts, you fucking bollocks. <laughs> well, you're at it, David. You've got that 20 quid you owe me. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh. <laughs> See you later, Tom. <laughs> so, um, moving on from that. Uh, this weekend in the, in the real world, we had quite a significant boxing fight. It was Mike Tyson versus Frank Bruno 2. Mm. Took place on the 16th of March. So Bruno and Tyson, uh, TV presenter and entertainer Bruno, and Hollywood actor and convicted monster Mike Tyson, first collided in 1989 for Tyson's undisputed world title. Tyson win, won the match by a fifth-round knockout, and Bruno sort of came up short after that in multiple other title fights across the next six years. Found his fourth in 1995. Uh, Don King was representing the then champion Oliver McCall. He drew up a contract that saw Frank Bruno become top contender to McCall's title. He said a title fight was signed for September 2nd with the provision being that they would have uh, that Don, Don King signed a thing that said the provision would be their first opponent would be freshly paroled Mike Tyson. <laughs> so Tyson was released on parole following his conviction in 91 and when coming out of there in, the, in 95 he beat Peter McNeely and Buster Mathis Jr. in the months that followed to get him prepped for the fight and in September Bruno and McCall had their match uh, Bruno won his first ever WBC title and punched a ticket for a date with Mike Tyson in 1996 so how did that fight go down well Mike Tyson was the aggressor pretty much the entire fight yeah. uh, Tyson just attacking Bruno with right overhand punches and Bruno was forced to grapple to kind of break up the, the flow a couple of times final 30 seconds of that first round uh, there were some good strikes Tyson getting some real power right hands that knocked Bruno's silly this would kind of be the pace of the match Bruno would sort of find his legs again but Tyson would just rock, rock him and rock him and rock him anyway 
It all ends with a 13-punch combo uh, from Tyson to Bruno. Referee Mills Lane stopped the fight and awarded Tyson the victory by a TKO. Like Tyson just outclassed Bruno. Mills Lane from Celebrity Deathmatch was the referee. That's the one. I want a good, clean fight. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> Uh, the match would prove to be the final one of Frank Bruno's career. Now, Bruno was keen to have another fight with Tyson. Uh, however, doctors were keen for no one to talk about Bruno as he risked losing vision in his eye if he had another fight. Yeah. So Bruno retired to become a TV host and entertainer going I, forward. I, I loved Frank Bruno as a kid. He yeah. Was just, he was just big, lovely chap. <laughs> yeah. That lovely, hearty laugh yeah. that he wouldn't have had if he'd fought Mike Tyson again. <laughs> so I'm glad that he didn't. And then uh, Tyson would then go on to fight Lennox Lewis next. Because there was a big thing about um, there'd be a Lennox Lewis fight with Mike Tyson down the road, but they wanted um, Bru uh, Tyson to have another fight before Lennox. So they paid Lennox like several million dollars to kind of skip his match for a bit. And then yeah. eventually Tyson stopped ducking Lennox Lewis and then they had a fight. Yeah, and... is that the time when Tyson said, I'm going to eat his children? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. And then Lennox Lewis turned up and kicked the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> eat my kids, will you? <laughs> Shithead. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, he'd eat something else a year later, but that's <laughs> that's something to, to put a pin in for now. <laughs> oh no, he'd suck something then, but there'd be something else he would eat before then. Oh, a bit of the anatomy. Oh, yeah. God. you ask Amanda Holyfield, but tell him on the right side. Uh, so <laughs> that's all the boring real world news. What about the wrestling news this week, Jackie Orlando? Well, Tom, fuck all happened basically. <laughs> It's, it was a really quiet week. It, it, yeah, pretty quiet. There was some WCW news, but obviously we'll keep that for, I was going to say our sister show, but just another another branch of the Tom Campbell universe, the uh, classic oh, Nitro review. Yeah, took you there a little bit. Basically, there. Hulk Hogan being a tit. Um, <laughs> but we've been saying for a couple of weeks that WWF, getting better, it's getting better. We're seeing on Raw, they're getting bigger places, they're getting, you know, the crowd's getting more amped up. So this week, this is from the Observer Newsletter, dated March 25th, 1996, uh, WWF ran a house show on March 17th at Madison Square Garden, and it was the first sellout at MSG. According to um, Dave, for a non-pay-per-view event in so many years, nobody can remember the last one. And it, uh, it also set an all-time record house show gate. So mm. saying MSG sold out during the 90s for 1991 SummerSlam, 1993 WrestleMania. It hadn't for a house show dating back to the mid-80s, which even wow. included... Uh, a 1991 Thanksgiving weekend show, which was Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, and it didn't sell out MSG. So was this was this at the time when they were toying with the idea of Flair Hogan for Mania, and this is where they went cold on the idea? Yeah, yeah. I I think they should have persevered with it. They should have. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so they're doing gangbusters. The the headline Brilliant. for this is Bret Hart and Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels and Diesel, and we'll see a bit of this. In mm -hmm. There was another little highlight from this particular show. I don't know whether you picked up on it. It's it's a tiny little forgotten bit. In MSG? From the MSG show. Uh, ooh, and it was um, an intercontinental title match uh, with Goldust versus Savio Vega. Yes. Now, Savio Vega pinned Goldust. Yeah. Celebrated with the intercontinental title in MSG. Crowd going wild, but Marlena as this is happening, puts Goldust's foot on the ropes. The referee sees this, says the match must restart, Goldust wins. A bit of dusty finish that got four stars. Yeah, four stars from Dave. Dave gave it four stars. 
that's unheard of for a match with those particular two. Yeah. Um, which I think is a great result for them. Did you get anything about the um, the other house show that weekend, the day before, on the night of Bruno Tyson? There was a house show at the US Air Arena. Oh, I've got no, I've got one of them announcing a May 19th show, but I've not got the US Oh, Air it's Arena. the birth of Kane. Um, <gasps> May 19th! The, the only thing to know about that is. Um, it drew 6,660 fans, $118,000 on the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the most fans, but most dollars raised. And most dollars because of the raised ticket prices. Yeah. They made a fortune because they popped the ticket prices up. The main event was was Bret Hart versus Diesel versus The Undertaker in the first ever Triple Threat Oh, match. it actually went ahead. It actually happened. The, and it was described by, by reviewers and onlookers as a major letdown. Mm. So they, because they hadn't quite mastered the art of what a triple threat match should be yet so you had diesel versus undertaker to start with and then the winner of that would then face bret hart immediately afterwards yeah oh sorry sorry brett sorry brett worked first sorry with undertaker sorry it's brett versus undertaker to start with uh diesel distracted undertaker and it led to brett pinning taker and then diesel faced brett immediately afterwards and then undertaker distracted diesel to allow brett to get the pin over diesel yeah. Yeah. it was a hot mess Again, they hadn't honed the art of a triple threat where you go, why don't you just let all three fight at the same time? Oh. What, what's wrong with that? No, we have to have a tournament style because people would get confused if there's three people in the ring at once. <laughs> Meanwhile, 20 miles away in Philadelphia, Paul Heyman's going, let them off! 18-man <laughs> <laughs> <Eighteen> scramble! <laughs> you bastards! As a kid, I was a kid, no one knew me by name. Trash my home, trash party, because nobody came. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, gone. As a kid. I didn't like triple threat matches. I preferred, because when I wasn't smart to the business, I preferred the elimination style of ECW. I didn't like the fact that it was like, oh, what do you mean? One one pin wins it. There's three people. It should be the best. But now it's like, oh, okay, because how you protect people with booking, yeah. the storyline, drama, et cetera, et cetera. So as a kid, I was just like, oh, no. So whoever wins has to beat two people. Not just get one pin. And I like that. Yeah. I like that you thought like that as a kid. It was like, no, this must be a competition to determine the best. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now I'm just like, oh, give me the drama. Yeah, that's it. Because it's a good way of getting out of uh, some booking um, some booking corners you're paying yourself into. Yeah. By having a triple threat and then having somebody that isn't the main antagonist or the main protagonist pinned by the main antagonist. Yeah. You can have the third party do it and then it's fine then. Yeah. And, no, and, you know, and everybody gets away with it quite nicely. So going back to wrestle bollocks, so <laughs> they'd already started booking shows for May nineteenth, um, and it it gives us an insight on how the landscape's going to look post Mania. So for May nineteenth, it's going to be Michaels versus Diesel in a cage match, David Boy versus Ooh, <laughs> uh, versus Ooh, uh, go. Uh, Ultimate Warrior. The promos are going to be sensational. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Talking of good promos, Ultimate Warriors versus Owen Hart. <laughs> oh, poor Owen. Uh, Vader versus Yoko. And Goldust versus Razor Ramon. Mm. So, one name missing from this lineup is Bret Hart. And rumors are saying that he's going to take a lengthy vacation after the Germany tour after WrestleMania because Bret Hart is the draw in Europe at this time. Do you but, know what he's going to do? Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Cowboy Brett. They couldn't wait to have him back on. He's back on Lonesome Dove. <laughs> playing a cowboy. I mean, there is never a right time to say goodbye. <laughs> so it looks like Brett's going, but Ramon will be back for this tour. But they reckon they're just going to be like, you're jobbing every fucking night till you're yeah. out the door. And also with Diesel taking on Michaels as well. 
in a cage match. Mm. Um, Diesel's going to be doing jobs as well. But it's saying here, when the show was announced, uh, the biggest reactions were for the Ultimate Warrior and Vader. Apparently everyone was like, oh, Warrior and Vader in, on this card. Where? No, okay. That is literally all the WWF news this week. I've got fuck it, I've had to, I've got more USWA news. Oh, give us some USWA news. Mankind was at the USWA. Uh, he challenged Jerry Lawler for the unified title on the March 8th. So is he show. being Mankind at this point? Uh, as Mankind. Ooh. So as he's put here, he's put, uh, he, Dave, sorry, pronouns well. Mankind wore a mask somewhat similar to Vader's strap mask, and it was never acknowledged on TV that he was Cactus Jack, even though Cactus Jack worked this promotion early in his career, and virtually all the fans recognized him. <laughs> but... Mankind, he's starting to, you know, basically warming up, isn't he? But yeah, this is a good way to kind of get that whole gimmick, you know, comfortable with a live crowd and stuff. Talking of gimmicks, the Headbangers debuted for the USWA. <gasps> Yay, Martian Thrasher! And uh, in the ongoing saga of Sid Vicious, Willie Won't He, this week he didn't do colour commentary, nor was he on television, nor was anything mentioned in regard to him being in that role in the future. Right. So after him saying, I'm retiring, I'm not, uh, they've just gone, fuck off, Sid. <laughs> Sid just can't make his mind up, the silly goose, what he wants to do. Well, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for him to pop back to the WWF at some point this year. We will see. And uh, one last bit, WCW, we said last week, Johnny B. Bad basically went to Bischoff, oh, I don't want to do this stuff because of my beliefs and I want to be paid. And Bischoff said, go away. Um, there was far more made of losing Johnny B. Bad within WCW than one would expect because he had taken great strides and because of the belief that he's the type of person who may make it big in the WWF. Wow. I, see, I, I didn't think there'd be that much hoo-ha no. about Johnny B. Bad going, but yeah. apparently so. Yeah. And he's also been there for a long time. Yeah. So, and there's, I think there's within WCW, one thing I'm seeing is so many of like Hogan's heroes are coming in. And so he's surrounding himself with his little clientele of, yeah. of, of, of ne'er-do-wells. So I would imagine anybody that's been with WCW for a long time would be sad to see anybody who's been associated with WCW for a long time see, being shown the door. Because it just makes Hogan a little bit stronger every time. Well, that's what the, the crux of this issue was. It was about Hogan going mad with power and some stuff to do with Brian Pillman. But I thought that's going to play out on WCW. So make sure you listen to the classic Nitro mm, review. Week to week, we, we channel this bollocks. And I must, I've got to say, and I'll say, I've said this on Nitro, Nitro review as well, Raw is so much better as a TV program right now. Oh my God, Nitro is awful. Yeah. Gosh, week to week, it's appalling. But <sighs> you've got that hope. Like at the moment, we're loving life. But when we when I came on the podcast originally, we were like, got the attitude here around the corner, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what's coming there's some good shit coming. You've got the the good first hour of cruiserweight action basically every week, and you know the biggest potentially the biggest angle the the industry's ever seen. No, it's on the horizon at least. But let us get to Monday night. <laughs> From Monday, March the 18th, 1996, we get a recap of Jackin's aforementioned MSG event. Diesel, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart and The Undertaker. Yes. And we see just a little a little hint of what we're going to see more of later. Diesel hitting Shawn Michaels with a steel chair. The bloody swine. Bloody swine. Uh, D Big Daddy Cool is competing tonight. Plus, billionaire Ted reveals his true colors. Mm. Our segment later on tonight with billionaire Ted uh, is a remake of the FTC meeting. Mm. Uh, about the takeover of AOL Time Warner. So uh, it's full of, full of laughs and in-jokes 
good stuff. Like, like this podcast, basically. Hey. Uh, we open with the British Bulldog hey. already in the ring. Do you want clattering? I'm, I'm, I couldn't wait any longer. I wanted to just get in there and fight. I'll fight any bastard. Referee, take your shirt off and I'll give you a hand. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got, I've got an opponent. Apparently it's Snakeman. You're Snakeman? <laughs> Snakeman? <laughs> Snakeberg? Snake King? Oh, I tried it, but it didn't really take off. Apparently, it's a crowd, too. Yeah, I tried Boeing 747, King, but it didn't take off. Oh. Oh. British Bulldog, his opponent is Jake the Snake Roberts. Mwah. He's back, baby. Dave Meltzer of The Observer writes, Jake Roberts really showed his age. Well, actually, not his age, but he showed Nick Bockwinkle's age in this match. <laughs> Dave... Spicy Dave today. Yeah. Early into this one, our opening match of the evening on Raw, Roberts goes for a DDT, and Bulldog, with all the wit and cunning of a restaurant magnate, ducks from the ring to oh, avoid it. Fuck that, fuck that No, Don't put that on my Mars bars, they'll never grow. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bastard. So that's what DDT stands for, is it? Yes, it is. It's a reference to, uh, to anti-bug uh, uh, anti spray for crop... <laughs> I could see the cogs turn in there. Crop. <laughs> I had some night nurse yesterday, Ooh. but I had it quite late. Mm. And I think there's a delayed fuse on it. A bit like that scene from Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> when he takes that drug. I was <laughs> feel I, a bit like him today. I was actually saying to Sean the other day when we're on holiday, I'm going to bring some drugs. Um, NyQuil back oh, nice. because it's fucking lethal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I once had to take someone I had a cough and you're only meant to take a capful and I took it went to sleep. When I woke up coughing, I thought, oh, that's not really kicked in. I'll take another capful. And it was that scene of the Wolf of Wall Street. Went to work the next day, just like, hello. I'm twatted. <laughs> I, just sat, I just sat there, just like, I'm battered. And, and for a straight edge lad like me, hit me like a train. It's like the only time I've ever been high. Because <laughs> I was just battered from high. Were you seen yeah. like trails as you moved your Oh, I was just chatting more shit than usual. <laughs> and after about... About two hours later, I was all right. <laughs> was it like, I guess it was like being drunk. I mean, you wouldn't know. I was but... just, my head was just, I was floating. I floated to work. Wow. You're a fakey cake maker and I ain't got time for you. <laughs> that kind of floating. Bring, yeah, bring some back with you. We'll all do some NyQuil one day. It'd be hey. great. Uh, Lawler and Vince rag on the Tyson-Bruno fight, saying that they gave the fans less than eight minutes of action, whilst Michaels and Hart are going to give them 60. That's an easy an easy little go, little easy goal, that is, for Yeah, but for I, them. I, I, I bet the buy rate for the boxing was about 15 times what they Probably. <laughs> Bulldog starts battering Jake from here. Cornet even clocks Jake with a tennis racket behind the ref's back. Uh, Lawler announces he's in a first-time-ever match that nobody in the WWF has the guts to attempt, and we can see it for ourselves on Superstars. I don't know what this is, but I guess we'll find out next week. Uh, I looked it up. Oh, did you? Tell us what it is. You just faced a jobber called Al Jackson. <laughs> I'm sure I've got the right uh, thing Jackson, for the air, air day and stuff like that. I presume, I, I don't know whether or not, does, is it a special match, like a special gimmick? No, it just said match? Jerry Lawler versus Al Jackson. I clicked on him and... This was the only televised match of Al Jackson's career. Oh. So. Maybe that's why it was... Maybe everyone's too scared to fight Al Jackson. Yeah, potentially. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see more about that next week, hopefully. <laughs> Jake's comeback thwarted briefly by a Jim Cornette distraction. Roberts, however, rolls out of a running power slam and hits a DDT. And no matter how old you think he looks, I think he acts... Those DDTs are forever crisp. And gets a big reaction. Big pop for the DDT. Cornette pulls Roberts out of the ring, though, to break the cover. The naughty man. Jake returns the sentiment by getting his snake out. 
so big it can wrap it around his shoulders. Cornette sees Jake approaching him, waving his snake in his general direction, and he runs off. Roberts, whilst playing with his snake outside the ring, gets counted out. Shouldn't really be wanking in the middle of a match. I've had some nightmares. It's the best <laughs> I can do. It's not wanking. It's not wanking. <laughs> I forgot about the anti-masturbation PSAs from WWE. I knew that would. Uh, I knew that would pop the boys. The only snake I play with is Damien. Stop wanking. Stop wanking. <laughs> Type into a non-work computer. Jake Roberts. Stop wanking. And <laughs> Appreciate what we mean. Anyway, uh, what do we make of Bulldog versus Jake? There wasn't a whole lot there, really. It was... No, because it was it was weird. Because <laughs> I said it, it felt like a it felt like a house show match. It did, didn't it? There was no post match angle, considering how hot it was the week before with the big pull apart brawl between Camp Corner and Jake Ahmed and Yoko. It just like Jake buggered off, heard the bell ring, and was still running around with a snake, and then. <laughs> Howard Finkel went, ah, oh, Jake lost. And he's like, what do you mean I lost? And I was like, <laughs> is that how he said it? Ah, oh, Jake lost. Jake lost. <laughs> Go home. Um, it was very flat, but I, I thought Meltzer was a bit harsh on Jake. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Sometimes, was... sometimes they really go to the jugular on people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I'm not a Jake the Snake apologist, but in ring, one of my faves of all time. Yeah. Especially his mind for it. My money, the best promo of all time. I fucking love Jake Roberts. Favorite theme. One of my favorites as a kid. Um, yeah, but he's a guy doesn't need to do much. No, not at all. But to make stuff happen. Yeah, he's very good like that. Yeah. Uh, we then get some training montages once again uh, for ahead of WrestleMania 12 and our main event between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart for the WWF title. The Observer reveals that WrestleMania 12 is officially sold out. Hey. Uh, tune of 12,486 people have paid tickets to the value of $725,545. So they've made nearly a million before the doors have opened. And where, where's the second place? Anaheim. Is it? Arrowhead Pond. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I think it is. I, don't know. I think it's the Anaheim Pond. It sounds familiar. Arrowhead Pond. I think yeah. it's the Arrowhead Pond. I had this on VHS. I seem to remember Arrowhead Pond. Um, we get shots of San Antonio to start, featuring the Alamo, the San Antonio skyline, and a hop on, hop off river tour, mm, which is a big part of the San Antonio scene. Is uh, the river walk where you can just jump on, jump off a little boat. It's nice. Yeah. I feel like if I was doing day drinking in San Antonio, I would want to get a little boat to each pub. I don't know whether you can. You say that though, but you'd you'd, you'd get out of one pub and be like, "Oh, I've had a couple of beers. I've had you know, you pack, get on a boat, pack of crisps. It's it's four hundred degrees Kelvin outside. <laughs> I don't know if that's hot or not, but it's hot as fuck outside. Mm-hmm. You'd be battered. You'd fall asleep on that boat. I'd have a little sleep on the boat. Actually, <laughs> uh, we blend to Jose Lothario's training warehouse where Sean is getting ready for Mania. Quote Jose's way. This is weightlifting." running up and down some stairs and staring wistfully out of a window. Jim Ross on the voiceover suggests that Sean and Jose may be working on a new strategy mm. as we get shots of Sean doing drop kicks and headlock takedowns and hurricane runners, which is his old strategy. Yeah. But maybe they're not going to give it away there. I do love the look of this old, mm. even though it's a wrestling gym. Basically, if you think of any old rough boxing gym from fiction, and this is it, but... I just, it looked cool. It was like, yeah, like this. I got a bit confused, and I don't know whether I misinterpreted it, where there was a bit where Shawn Michaels was chatting to Jose, and he says that, you know, I remember I was about to drive out of my my mum and dad's driveway, and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I rang you, because I said, because I know all, like, I've done all the the training and the kip-ups and all that, but I didn't quite know how to wrestle. (laughs) I rang you, and I said, what should I do? And Jose said, just shut your mouth and open your eyes. To which I thought... 
Wait. <laughs> did, did Sean go to Jose Lothario's school and not learn how to wrestle? Yeah. Because that's what it sounded like. Said, yeah, I did loads of bumps and jumped around a bit. And then when it was time for a match, he just told me to listen. I was like, okay. So, yeah, was first, you... first match, call it in the ring, brother. Let's go. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. We've gone. Oh, if you're watching on the uh, webcam, you may notice that we have very briefly paused. Or are we just sitting very still? I can be there like a young Phil Collins. Hello. Like, like you are a young Phil Collins. But yeah, I, I hadn't even twigged until you said that. <coughs> I might have misinterpreted it. It might have been him going, oh, having a last minute panic about yeah. what to do. I don't know. It sounded like Jose hadn't taught. Sean how to wrestle, but took his money anyway. Couple of grand, thanks, Sean. Thank you very much. We cut to Calgary, where Bret Hart is jogging in the snow. Uh, cue cut to the inside of the Hart household, where we see the WWF World, the WWF Tag, and WWF IC titles uh, belt plates mm. in frames, which is quite nice, as well as the NWA Stampede North American Championship. We also see classic Hasbro figures of Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Typhoon, and the Repo Man. Yes, we do. Glad he's a Repo Man fan. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps that quiet. <laughs> and we then get that, that tour of Bret Hart's house, which features a wall covered in Bret Hart magazine cutouts. I'd like to think that Bret Hart put those up himself with blue tack. Yes, he did. <laughs> Look at me, I'm on the cover of the wrestling magazines. Yes, yes, Brett, you are. Hello, he's good at it. <laughs> it keeps flopping open, though. And it's like, you've got to stick the cover to, you've got to stick all the pages, otherwise it'll just keep flapping. It's Brett, like, just oh. trying to figure out blue tack. <laughs> I don't want to cut them too much because I don't want to ruin the magazines, but I want to keep them on the wall so everybody knows it's my house. <laughs> Is that how you know all the houses look very similar in that street? Yeah. So, oh, is this my house? Is this my house? Look through the window. Oh, yeah, there's pictures of me on the wall. This is my house. But having been a resident of Canada, every house does have a picture of Bret Hart on the wall. Is that is it like customary? It's true. Yeah. Ah. It's, it's like 1950s Britain where it's like, oh, every house has a picture of the Queen. <laughs> every house in Canada has a framed picture of Bret Hart. It's Bret Hart, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and Brian Adams. And, and Brian Adams. <laughs> And YouTuber Brittle Star all along the walls there. <laughs> uh, we then see a little shot of um, Brett training with Stu. Stu indulging in his favorite hobby of just beating the shit Stretch out him. of his kids. Stretch, Stretch him again. You little oh, bastard. We see hot shots of Brett Hart's son. Uh, who's on the treadmill with his dad? Brett admits that Shaw, Brett admits that his son is a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. And he could look more disappointed. <laughs> saying. Uh, and, th and then he, but then there's a there's a bit here. I don't think he means to sound as pathetic as he does, where he says, "Well, yeah, Bret Hart's got a lot. Uh, Shawn Michaels has got a lot of fans around the world. I have fans too. I have fans. <laughs> I've got I've got four friends. He just said it like I've got fans as well. I've got four friends: my mom, <laughs> my dad, <laughs> my my mom. <laughs> he said, "Your mom, Bret." Shut up! My dad. <laughs> Don't say me, Bruce. No, Bruce. No, Bruce. I'm not saying you. Ross. Uh. <laughs> oh, yes, thanks, Bruce. Ross Owen. Um, Brett then continues his little thing of just little digs at Sean. Yeah. I've really enjoyed these. They're little digs. Like, he'll say that he'll reference Sean's break after his little beating in Syracuse. Like, yeah. really runs it down. Doesn't he make eye contact with the cameras he's talking about? It's like all the little beating he had in Syracuse. Uh, he says the match is not going to be a dancing contest. Yeah, because he was saying, he was like, oh, you know, I, uh, he's a good athlete, but I don't like the way he shakes his ass and dances, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm with you, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> All the way, Brett, me and you. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get preach it, it man. Yeah. Um, he says people shouldn't be looking up to Shawn Michaels. They should be looking up to someone like Brett Hart, who has respect for the wrestling business, because Shawn Michaels does not. Yeah, love what Brett's doing here. Just, just 
just turning the screws a little bit. But what's interesting is to look at this back as you know, as in a with, with what we know now, and know that there was that little mm. bit of shittiness and snideness between the two, and you're kind of seeing it come out a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, in these promos where they're obviously playing characters, but you can see there. Well, Dave... Sean, not so much Sean, but definitely from Brett. Yes. Well, Dave was going on in The Observer saying for his money right now, he's one of the two best promos in the business. Because mm. that's the thing with Brett. If you say to him, it's like, here's a script, go out and say this. And he's like, oh, oh. but he's like, right, take reality because this is all real, Brett. Wrestling's real. S- speak your mind. He's fucking great. Yeah. Give him something to moan about and he's great. If he d- if he doesn't cut a promo and he yeah. just goes out and speaks. Yes. He's he's excellent. Yeah. He's excellent. Uh Fatu is in the ring <laughs> for not much longer. Uh he is facing gold dust here. We get a woman in the front row wearing a gold dust t-shirt. Laura claims that shares daughter, Chastity Bono, uh, who had come out as a lesbian the year before to much media attention. Mm. Uh, and would transition into to become a man in 2008. But it's not her. It's just a, a slightly larger yeah. lady that Jerry Lawler makes the joke of. It looks like her. But even Vince goes, I thought Chastity had blonde hair. Uh, anyway, Goldust is playing man games. Man games. He's wearing a kilt to the ring, like Roddy Piper does. Fatu starts strong, even lifts up his kilt at one point and starts spanking him. <laughs> yeah. Go far to make a difference. But, but the way he spanked him, he didn't even really spank him. He just kind of open hand chopped his bum. He's like, <laughs> as a man who's never spanked another man. <laughs> far too going, ah, what a silly man making money out of his bottom. <laughs> I can't have that. <laughs> Roddy Piper's on the phone as we go to break. He is not happy. No. We come back from break and I'm happy because Fatu is landing a beauty of an ace cursor. Oh, yeah. Like a beautiful RKO type maneuver. Uh, Piper doesn't see the humor in the Goldust Piper situation. He says, folks, if you've ever seen me on the street, I'm the last guy you want in a fight. And when it comes to that Hollywood backlot, I am not playing. I don't take no dives and I'm plenty PO'd as he's getting ready for the Hollywood backlot brawl with Goldust at Mania 12. I thought this was great from Piper because he actually sounded serious and focused. It wasn't him just going, ah, oh, well, you know. Not wandering off. It was just him saying, Goldust, I'll batter you. Lola, if you keep talking shit, I'll batter you as well. I was like, fuck, yes. (laughs) He ends by saying, if you've got a weak heart, don't watch before hanging up. Uh, But as Piper is ranting and raving on the phone, we see Goldust teabag far (laughs) too. Before landing a curtain call for the yeah, win, lovely. Has it been named the curtain? Has it been named the curtain call yet? I think he had I've, another move that they called the curtain call. Yeah, but I think this will become known as the curtain call. Yeah, we're starting to get more bits and bobs of the Goldust character. I forgot to say it last week. I think it was last week. For the first time, we had the proper Goldust entrance with the film effect on the camera, mm. twenty-four carat productions at the beginning and stuff like that. First, I think with the twenty-four carat thing. Yeah. But we, we, as he's coming out, they've got the effect that makes it look like actual film. So, and now we, we, we've got the curtain call by any other name. So yeah, it's yeah, it's the only curtain call that we'll be talking about in 1996. I'm sure. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We get another Ultimate Warrior package here. The same clips that we've seen before, but with a new voiceover. Uh, this kind of leans into what we talked about last week, how Ultimate Warrior was very picky about the promo shots that they had of him. yeah. yeah. And so he insisted on a, a photographer coming in to take the photos outside of WWF's one. Like a proper bodybuilding photographer, wasn't it? That yeah. was it, yeah. So I kind of wonder whether or not they've just they cherry-picked these clips. They're just going to replay these same clips over and over again, week by week by week. Considering so much Warrior's done, like it's it's weird how they're playing the exact same clips yeah. each time. I, I As well, the thing I've got written down is, for the last couple of weeks, Vince has kept calling him, oh, he's the most reckless performer in WWF history. And it's like, that's, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. That just makes him sound shite. But then, but then he kind of in this one sort of pulls back on that a bit because he's talking about he is the biggest star. He's going to rip. Here he says, will the warrior return with the same reckless dominance? So now he's not sure whether he's going to, which is a weird kind of throwback from what we were doing the other week, where it was like, he's definitely going to come back and turn everybody into powder. And now it's like, Ooh, do we think he will? (laughs) He's he's, been saying for weeks that he will. Yeah. Uh, So warrior soon uh, to face Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Uh, good luck, Triple H. You'll run the company soon. Just ho- bide your time. Hold your color. Uh, we get an interview with Camp Cornette. A recap of last week's schmoz that we said, why didn't they sort of pick up on? It's because they're picking up on it here. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed, Jake, and Yoko fighting Bulldog, Owen, and Vader. We also get a clip from superstars of this trio challenging Camp Cornette to a six-man tag at Mania. Mm. So now we've moved on from it being Yokozuna versus Vader one-on-one, and they've gone, we're going to chuck some other people in there just to take the pressure off those for the best boys. Yeah. Cornette officially accepts the challenge for a six-man tag, but says it's only it'll only be even if they have five more on the other team side because mm. their team's so great. Owen calls out Yoko for carrying him with the tag team titles back in the day. Bulldog takes umbrage with Ahmed being the strongest in the WWF. Quote, <laughs> that's right. Ahmed Johnson, the self-proclaimed World Wrestling Federation's strongest athlete. I don't think so. The British Bulldog is the World Wrestling Federation's strongest athlete. And we're going to find out who is it at WrestleMania. It was... He was kind of like leaning into Vince and stooped down going, the strong stuff. You you so rock. It's fucking awful. <laughs> he he's he does not like promos. No, and he does that thing right. The reason he went World Wrestling Funeration 
Fundraising strongest athlete because he's already in his head. Because I get this when I'm trying to speed through something. You're try you're already thinking of the next words you've got yeah. to say. And so therefore, because you're trying to say it quickly, the words mash together. So that's somebody who doesn't want a promo. That's an indicator there that he doesn't want to do a promo. He wants to get it done quick. It's almost like you give him a mouthpiece like Jim Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> just let Cornette just stand there and flex your muscles. Yeah. Just go. Bulldog Ahmed, the battle of the promos. Oh, oh. Oh. Injected directly into my cock. Cornette. <laughs> Cornette slags off Yoko, saying that he called the shots and he took him to the top whilst Yokozuna was listening to that old fool, Mr. Fuji. He claims that Fuji is in the hospital with an injury and he doesn't know how it happened. He likely just tripped over because he's old. I Did I did we miss a Fuji injury angle? Well, I, yeah, we didn't, because he, he kind of insinuates, he's like, oh, he fell down the stairs and hurt his knee. Oh, I don't know what happened. I may have been behind him when it occurred. Mm, was it my, were they my roller skates at the top of the stairs? So mm. I, I'll have to look into this to see if like Fuji was off because he wasn't well or something because until he mentioned this I was like oh shit yeah Fuji used to be part of this with Yoko mm. and he just like quietly disappeared and no one paid any attention Dave reckons in the Observer that we're going to see Fuji come back as a baby face Makes manager sense. for Yokozuna uh, which would be interesting if yeah. they do because he, he doesn't cut a promo at the best of times so I think he can just be like a just, just he'd be there just to <laughs> just look pretty yeah stand there and look pretty Fuji uh, Cornette says they'll all make they'll make creamed wheat out of them at WrestleMania, and reminds us if you don't have a watch that it is indeed quarter past Vader. Yeah, because what time is it? Vader just goes yeah, yeah. What time is it? Yeah, it's Vader time. <laughs> he forgot very briefly. Vince McMahon shows pre-recorded comments uh, from their opponents, and it's a video of Yokozuna, Jake Roberts. And Ahmed Johnson in the ring, sort of before the crowd turn up. Yes, uh, but initially it's a very close shot of Yokozuna. Yoko, big old face, caught in a promo, which I think is the second time we've seen him do it, and it's still odd to see him kind of drop the gimmick. Mm. He's very rah, my brother. Yeah, my brother. He's very, he's very Samoan uh, because he is obviously BSK. Yep. <laughs> Jake Roberts says we must. Jake Roberts tells Jim Cornette that you must always check the fine print of a contract that you have just verbally signed. Um, he says because there is an additional stipulation to the match. Uh, if Yoko's team win, then Yokozuna gets five minutes alone with Jim Cornette. They demonstrate what could happen by using a mannequin with Jim Cornette's face drawn on a balloon as a head. And Yoko bonsai drops the mannequin. I think they were hoping that the balloon would pop. But it just span around one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cornette reiterates the stip for anyone that didn't quite get it and then looks terrified as his friends in the camp Cornette try to talk him round. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, I wonder if Brett drew on the balloon. But thinking about it, it's probably Lola, wasn't it? It would have been Lola, yeah. I think, because it would have been... Because Brett's a very good artist, but Lola's a very good artist yeah. as well. And I always find it funny in wrestling how... They'll do something like this where they'll go, oh, there's a stipulation. And because they've already said, yes, they will do it. Yeah. Like it ties them to it. Like Because yeah. I just go, I ain't sign anything, mate. You said you'd do it. Yeah, but you've got nothing to say yeah. that I do it, you know. <laughs> but wrestling's funny like that. It puts me in mind of, and apologies, we are having some major issues with our camera uh, as we're going along today. So hopefully, um, I'm going to try and move. 
We need to set fire to this cable. Set fire. I thought I'd fix it the day and I didn't. But anyway. <laughs> some say you made it worse. Yeah, some <laughs> say I made the problem worse. Um, I'm put in mind of TNA when uh, Sting's trying to get a match out of Hogan. And eventually, like, Sting, like Hogan gets so annoyed with Sting's hijinks as Joker Sting that he eventually just goes, All right, fine, I'll fight you. And if you win, I'll hand over the control of the company to Dixie. And then Hogan holds his mouth like, What? What did I do? And then Sting's like, Hey, that's it, sorted. Thank you, got, I want, got what I wanted. Ta-ta for now. Like, well, that's... Wiped off the pain. That's not legally binding. Yeah. We all say stuff in the heat of the moment, but Hogan like, oh no, now it's now it's legal, and he's like, oh shit, and there was a camera on here the entire time. <laughs> Wrestling is bollocks, oh, and I love it. Best of bollocks, like the best of bollocks. What do you think of Camp Cornet's interview and all that nonsense around there? It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Did the job. It wasn't as good. Like I said, the pull apart brawl last week was fucking great. Yeah. This week it was like, oh, Jake out of camp, oh, and. Bulldog butchered a promo and there was a balloon. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it keeps ticking over, I It keeps yeah. us ticking over. Uh, before our next match, we get a recap of what went down at Madison Square Garden last night. The sellout MSG house show that saw Diesel and Shawn Michaels teaming up against Bret Hart and The Undertaker. We see Taker and Diesel fighting in the aisle at MSG, only for Diesel to return with a steel chair a short while later. Bang! Wipes out The Undertaker. Bang! Wipes out Bret Hart. Old match thrown out. Shawn Michaels tries to calm his friend down, and then Diesel, as Shawn Michael's back is turned, clatters Shawn Michaels with yeah. a steel chair, booze everywhere. We get a little fan cam footage of the incident as well, which I think kind of adds to the feel of it, yeah, of it, it does, being yeah. very unexpected and unorthodox. Anything could happen at a WWF event, even a house show. Like, I love all they've done here. Uh, cameras pick up Shawn Michaels uh, with post-match comments saying, I'm going to kick his seven-foot ass. Let's put a pin in that for now. Yeah, well, going back to earlier as well, what Dave was saying, because even though they, they may have doctored the audio, I don't think they would have for MSG, the crowd came alive for Diesel Undertaker fighting in the mm. aisle way. And according to Dave, Taker got the loudest pop of the night. Mm. But uh, you say that we saw Diesel hitting Sean. Do you know who else we saw? Go on. Vlad the superfan, front row. I was like, oh, Vlad, hiding spot, Vlad. Yeah. Oh, get in, Vlad. Yeah. I hope your documentary comes out soon. Uh, yeah, I was so pumped for that. I was like, oh, fucking yeah. Maybe Triple H will bring that back now as well. I hope so. He was, he's the only superfan I like. He never tried to get himself over it. You just couldn't help but notice him. Yeah, he just comes out. Well, he just wants to watch the wrestling. Yeah. What a guy. I love that about him. Yeah. Uh, Diesel is in action. He's against Barry Horowitz. Gar. Good luck, Barry. They're still using the match card of him wearing a lovely white t-shirt and glasses. <laughs> like like they're like he's about to fight an accountant. Uh, moments into Barry's beating, here comes Paul Bearer wheeling a casket to the ring. This distraction gives Barry the chance to get back in the fight, but he ends up eating a big boot from Diesel. Barry kicks out of the boot at two, so Diesel pops him in the face, <laughs> pins him again, and Diesel wins. Yeah. I've never seen that happen. That must have been a fuck up. Hmm. No, no, I, th I don't know whether he wasn't meant to kick out. He wasn't. Yeah, I don't think he was meant to kick out the big boot. Or whether it was maybe they're trying to get Diesel's punch over. I don't know why he'd be trying to get anything over Diesel at this stage. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe give it a real feel to have, like, literally just punch it, him It was face. a really odd finish, though. Yeah. Fuck off, Barry. One, two, three. 
It's like a Noah finish. <laughs> Pick him up and drop him on his neck seven times. <laughs> so after this, Diesel rolls out of the ring and picks up a spanner and opens the casket, thinking, oh, The Undertaker's going to pop out. Even Vince on commentary was going, oh, The Undertaker's going to pop out of there, which therefore makes us all go, The Undertaker is not going to pop out of there because you've now said it. Show, don't say. Uh, uh, Diesel opens the casket, and what does he see in the casket, Jack Atkins? He sees a plastic sheet with <gasps> a figure beneath the sheet, and he pulls back the sheet, and it's Diesel. He's, then I see myself as a monkey. As a monkey. <laughs> it's a Garth Marenghi reference. <laughs> Not my fault, monkey bastard hands. <laughs> monkey bastard hands. <laughs> Diesel sees himself in the casket. This was fucking cool. <laughs> this was really well done. Yes. So the way they did it, for obviously, for the audience watching live, you have either a mannequin or a wrestler with fake beard and hair yeah. and all the diesel gear on in the casket. And you're not really close enough and you can't really see into it enough to really see who it is, but you kind of get the... You get what they're going for. Yeah. He opens the casket and he's in the casket himself. For the television, they had, earlier in the day, shot... A, a very close-up shot of Diesel in the casket. Yeah. And then they just cut that in to the broadcast. I don't think it was Raw's live this week, so you can get away. No, no, it was film, film last week. Yeah, they cut that into the broadcast. So they have a close-up shot of Diesel in the casket, and then they cut to the long shot, and then Diesel shutting the casket, the camera inside the casket as he shuts it. And he walks off very confused, like staggering into the smoke that's billowing from the Raw logo. Armed with a spanner, going to find the Undertaker. I loved this. Yeah, bit. I really remember. This is the bit that I remember from this, from from this time period. Like watching the the video packages for all these matches. The one thing that sticks out to me from the video packages for many as well is obviously all the training stuff with Sean and Brett and Diesel seeing himself in the casket. Yeah, but the, the fact that, like you said, the way they had to film it by putting the plastic sheet over the mannequin. It made it feel more grim because it made it look like he was in a body bag inside there. It, yeah. It's like Twin Peaks when they find, was it Laura Palmer? Oh, he's the Laura Palmer of WWF. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And so off you go to WrestleMania, you two, Diesel and Undertaker. We get, we get a bit of history here. The first ever WWF Slam of the Week. We had one last week, actually. The second ever WWF Slam of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> Presented by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. Uh, it's the Milton. It's the military press slam from Mark Henry onto Jerry Lawler with Todd Pettingill cackling in the voiceover. <laughs> Isn't it funny? His crown fell off. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they're not using Todd more because more, I really like Todd Pettingill. I th yeah, he's, I don't know whether they're just easing off on him, whether they want to... I, I know they're using a lot of Doc Hendricks at the moment for voiceovers and stuff. Yeah. Whether Todd is, and I think Todd does some voiceover stuff for Mania Twelve. And he, yeah, because he's like the the pre-match guy at this time, isn't he? Probably mm. still doing Mania at the weekends. Yeah, not WrestleMania, WWF, WWF Mania. Mania. Maybe, but we don't see him as much on the telly. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, we, we had one. I think last week it was Yoko doing the Banzai drop to two jobbers at once. Ah, okay. I missed that one then. I apologize. We're, we're only human. I missed fucking most of the stuff <laughs> every weekend. Anyway, so. uh, a preview for Raw for next week. <laughs> right. I get, I get you want to make everything sound big. I get it. But <clears throat> before making his dream a reality, he must prevent a potential nightmare. Shawn Michaels battles Leaf Cassidy of the New Rockers. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. 
What's stopping me from getting a WrestleMania? Al Snow! Oh no! That's me fucked! <laughs> Marty Gennetti, my old mate who I beat most of the time. Oh god, he's got the inside track on me. See, that would have made more sense if yeah. it was Sean fighting Marty. Yeah. Like, that would have made that. You could have had more fun with that. Because then you could have had the proper heel turn from Marty. Yeah! If you'd gone before Sean fulfills his dream, he's got to go back to his past. Yeah. Play the video games at Circus. Uh, he's got to fight Marty Jannetty. Yeah. That'd be great. It could've, you could have made that a main event of Raw. Easily. Easily. Goes to Shawn Michaels' past, comes back to haunt him one, one week before WrestleMania. Fights Marty Jannetty. But no, let's go with Leaf Cassidy instead. That's fine. <laughs> Um, and they go, plus, Owen Hart fights Ahmed Johnson. I'm more interested in that match. Definitely. Seeing how Owen and Ahmed work together than uh, Sean and Leaf Cassidy. Surely Owen could drag anyone to a good match. Oh, without a doubt. Um, Tatanka is facing Bret Hart. We have a bit before this where cameras try and interrupt a team talk between Ted DiBiase, Tatanka, and the one, two, three kid. Yeah. And Ted shoes the cameraman out. Except Get Bugger off, yeah, bugger. Um, Vince McMahon says Tatanka is clearly in cahoots with somebody. Well, yet Ted DiBiase has been his manager yeah. for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they acting like this is a new development? <laughs> like Tatanka has been... Tatanka was a founding member of the Million Dollar Corporation. <laughs> yeah. Did we just forget about him? I mean, Lex Luger didn't. We know that much. No, that's very true. You sold out, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Tatanka gets battered by Brett initially. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry, I tell a lie. Tatanka batters Brett initially. Yeah. But thankfully, Brett addresses this nonsense for a little bit. Uh, one, two, three, kid comes to the ringside area. Vincent Mann says, look at him, flaring his lats like he's 280 pounds. <laughs> You're small. Uh, he's just stalking the ringside area at this point. Tatanka, meanwhile, is easily putting a beating on the WWF champion. Wow, why? Why is Tatanka such a threat? Yeah, he, he got far too much offense here. I feel like a commonly recurring theme from my side of things on the classic Raw review is I'll see like a champion like have a, a hard-fought battle against a mid-carder, and I'll be like, why are they a threat? Yeah. But then I think, I'd probably say that every week, and if, if I was booking this show, every match would be about three minutes long, because no one's a threat. But no, Tatanka got far too much. If this was, if they'd been building Tatanka, it'd be fine. Even if this was 1-2-3 Kid, because 1-2-3 Kid's yeah. been a little ratty arsehole, but... Tatanka. Uh, anyway, Tatanka's putting a beating on Brett until Brett turns the tie with a small package, but that's only briefly. Brett counters a top rope nothing with a punch to the bread basket, and then he rolls into his moves of doom. Russian leg sweep. Pa-pow! Inverted atomic drop. Ha-pa-pow! Clothesline. Ha-pa-pow! Backbreaker. Ha-pa-pow! Second rope, Brett's elbow. Ha-pa-pow! Uh, Kid, however, grabs Brett on the apron to stop him from doing any more moves of doom. Brett moves, though, as Tatanka comes in, and he hits Kid by mistake! That's a move. Move that of doom, the dodgy, the dodging yeah. move of doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Schoolboy roll-up is the move of doom for this match because Brett rolls up to Tonka for the lucky win oh. over to Tonka. God, you. No way should Tonka have been a big threat, as big a threat as he was. No, definitely. I'm glad that's not just me. Yeah, uh, and you know me, I'm. Um, a massive Brett boy. I don't know if I've made that clear. You have hinted at it. But it, it was decent, but the crowd were dead when Tatanka was on the offense. They weren't like, come on, Brett. They were just like, what, why is Tatanka giving him a shoe in? <laughs> when, when Brett was, you know, on the comeback, they were loud for it. We're all of the same mindset. Why is Tatanka winning? Yeah, everyone's like, Tatanka, he's not been a thing since 1992. 
three, two. Who cares? What's oh. a Tatonka? <laughs> um, yeah, this was weirdly booked. Weirdly booked. Either way, that's our wrestling main event for Raw this week. But the actual main event is a billionaire Ted skit. No. WWF continuing to mock Ted Turner and the World Championship Wrestling. But this week, uh, they turn their attention to the FTC hearing where they where they talk about the buyout of AOL Time Warner. Uh, this week's billionaire Ted skit uh, is is a mock up of the hearing where they try to portray that Ted Ted's true agenda isn't just global domination. So let's talk through this. Um, we isn't, have isn't just global domination. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have a meeting about the AOL Time Warner merger that could make billionaire Ted quote virtually omnipotent. Says one of the board members. We have a board of people on one side, Ted in a dimly lit side of the room on the opposite. You've been accused of predatory practices. Last time I checked, we lived in a capitalist society. Question mark from Billionaire Ted, like he wasn't quite sure on the line. When asked if he was creating a monopoly, he said he was merely, quote, making healthy competition. They asked, is the World Wrestling Federation your latest target? Uh, and this question makes Ted sit up and get big and angry. He then hits us with quite the promo, uh, which pulls from some movies and other pop culture bits. After a you want answers, I want the truth, you can't handle the truth Ooh. back and forth, Ted says we live in a capitalist society run by billionaires, of which he is one of them. I determine what you watch and what you don't watch. Do you know how many lives I've destroyed? Any idea how many companies I've put out of business? I have a greater power than you could possibly fathom. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. My existence, whilst grotesque to you, is essential. You want me and you need me to own everything. You use phrases like hostile takeover and predatory practices. These are the backbone of my existence and you use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to you. I'd rather you just say thank you and let me go on my way. He has pressed multiple times on whether he's trying to put the WWF out of business. Eventually says, you're damn right I am and nobody is going to stop me. Right, away from what this is, fucking brilliant promo. Yeah. <laughs> billionaire this, Ted's the top heel now. This is not wow, wow, Billionaire Ted. This is like, I'm going to fucking eat you. Billionaire Ted. Brilliant promo. Yeah. Just like, Kemmer, like whoever played Billionaire Ted, phenomenal acting in this Oh, bit. fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. I, I, I don't think their agenda was to make Billionaire Ted a, a very viable top heel. Maybe no. he was. Hmm. But I thought this thing was great. But all I could think all the way through was Vince McMahon, the fucking brass neck on I know. Oh, I'm not making a monopoly. Oh, I, I don't, you know, you like what I say you like. <laughs> I, I've i never put people out of business. I've never ruined life. I was just like, fucking. I wonder whether people are writing these scripts and showing them to Vince because they're, they're, they're quite cathartic. Yeah. For them to, I want to say to Vince these things, but I can't. So I'll disguise them as billionaire Ted's kids. Well, there was there was a bit in the Observer. It's not just Vince McMahon who's been having a go billionaire Ted. There was an interesting quote from world's nicest man Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> who is another business rival of Ted Turner. Uh, apparently, Ted knocked the Fox Network from the quality of so, some of their shows. Rupert Murdoch said, "At least we draw the line when it comes to brown nose and foreign dictators and air in professional wrestling." <laughs> 
Hypocritical quote of the year, to be sure, since it's well known, Fox was considering its own weekly wrestling show for Friday night's next season. Fox aired the WrestleMania special, and some major negotiations were taking place between Murdoch and Vince McMahon of late regarding WWF on Fox. And fast forward to 2022, WWF's on Fox, and Rupert Murdoch's still a fucking cunt. <laughs> so, not only on Fox, but probably the biggest wrestling TV show every week on Fox. Yeah, yeah. On any, of anywhere. And it's ratings hit yeah in the current climate not compared to like 97 like no but like you know it's scoring you know two two and a half million on a on mm. a good week and that's strong yeah compared to uh what you know obviously in the in the heyday it was that had been a that had been an awful week that had been panic stations yeah but you know in this climate it's freaking good uh yeah so i love the fact that Rupert murdoch was kicking off and it's like yeah, give it time. You'll be on. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll be airing that professional razzle. And mm. so we are. We I think we're maybe one or two weeks away from the end of the billionaire Ted thing. And I think this is my favourite one. I think that promo really sold me billionaire Ted as a a top heel to lead the invasion angle. Yeah, it it, it, it was good <laughs> in terms of. I think some of the other ones have been funnier and better, more comedic. But this was this wasn't even satire. This was just. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And at the end, there was a, an address saying, oh, you know, if he, if billionaire Ted gets power, oh, bloody hell, right to the FTC. And I'm sitting there thinking, if I was watching this in 1996, why do I care? Mm. I mean, obviously, there's discussions to be had about monopolies and billionaires, et cetera, et cetera. But in, just in terms of, oh, I'm a wrestling fan. I care about rich men squabbling. <laughs> Who cares? It's the it's the old belief that like Vincent Mann really wanted to get people on side with his mum and pop company. Yeah. When they were mum and pop company, not a multimedia monolith. <laughs> yeah. But that was raw for the week. What do you reckon? Yes. Fine. Fine. It, it was a missable episode, this. It, it yeah. everything trickled by, everything's still building, but like the highlight of it was Diesel seeing his own dead body. Yeah, and yeah, it just, it was there. We've got Mania coming up. They're continuing the builds. Fine. What about you? I I, get, I think for me, I enjoyed the Diesel bit. That was, yeah. that was very good. In terms of in-ring stuff, there was nothing really to write home about this week. It was just a lot of stuff that got over angles. Yeah. Um, for me, the billionaire Ted bit was the, was the favorite part. I thought that was the best yeah. part, and I don't think it was meant to be. No, it wasn't meant to be. But it was certainly the best part uh, for me. We are back next week for another one. We are so close to WrestleMania 12 now. And our holidays as well. And our holidays <laughs> as well. Yeah. What a treat. Um, we'll address it close to the time, but maybe in September there might be a week or two or more where we are off, but we'll try to make it as seamless as possible, maybe try and get a few in the can. It's, it's, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, we'll... we'll, we'll this is actually, this is not kayfabe at all. We were upstairs thinking, oh, fuck. Right, we'll have to have a, we'll have to have a sit down and figure it out. So. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll but yeah. you'll be fine. You won't notice it. We'll, but you'll barely notice we're gone. Your bottles were gone. Uh, get in touch at classic at cultaholic.com if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns about this week's Raw or weeks Raw of Raw that we have already talked about. Mm. Are you doing anything nice this week? You working on anything nice this week? Now you're back in the office? Came back in yesterday. Saying to Aiden, fuck me, I've barely done got any progress on this Marge's list recently. It just feels like I'm hitting a wall. And he goes, Oh, have you remembered Luther Reigns? And I went, <laughs> Sausage! Sausage! <laughs> and I was like, I was like, of course Luther Reigns. He's like, oh, and uh Jimmy Wang Yang when he was a member of the Yakuza with Tajiri for a week. And I went, Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. So 
that's that was another two added to it. So oh, luckily it just slotted him in, but it's just it's never going to get done. <laughs> it's never going to get done. It's a list that we'll just talk about for for years and years to come. Yeah. It'll never appear. Yeah. Never ending list with you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come back, Falco. <laughs> You're number 84. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anything, nice. anything nice you're working on? Um, uh, I've started uh, the next history of video, because obviously we did the history of the steel cage match. Another stipulation is getting uh, deliberated upon, mm. uh, which we'll find out about very, very soon. Um, got a lovely piece of camera that I'm going to start writing tomorrow uh, about... A bit of a bit of a, a reflection on a wrestling angle, and what if it hadn't had happened? Oh. I'll say no more about that. I'll say no more. About well, when the when the microphone's off, the questions will be asked by yours truly, yeah, and you won't hear them. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Until next time, fuck off. Okay. Uh, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us for Lawful King. Oh, fucking ah, shit. I'd rather eat poo king. <laughs> fucking good old British poo made with beef. Beef which ain't tainted by muck. Foreign <laughs> muck. Good British cows. Fucking eat, feed them. Feed them the beef. It's that good. <laughs> Twat. Love you, bye. What he said. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.